The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Some people told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate has mingled with the blood of their sacrifice. Jesus said to them in reply, Do you think that because these Galileans suffer in this way, they were greater sinners than all other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you all perish as they did. Of those 18 people who were killed, when the tower, the tower Siloam fell on them. Do you think that they were more guilty than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. And he told this, this parable. There, was, there once was a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard. And when he came in search of fruit on it, but found none, he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search of fruit on this fig tree, but have found none. So cut it down. Why should he exhaust the soil? He said to him in reply, Sir, leave it for this year also and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It might bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Here we are, third week of Lent. The readings today, we see that Moses is called to liberate his people from slavery. We see that God revealed his name. We see through Paul, the election is not synonymous of salvation, as Paul reminds us. Election is a continuous call of a response, an ongoing conversion. And here we are on the, first, on the third week of Lent. By now, do we still remember our Lenten resolutions? Do we still know, or, you know what we were going to be doing? I mean, you know, Ashwins, we had all these great plans and everything was, you know, going to be awesome. How are we doing on that? Have we give up and say, well, maybe next year we'll try again? How are we doing on our Kind of about halfway through the Linton journey. How are we doing on that? Perhaps it's time for us to kind of look and see where we, where we are. To make sure that we go and we get where we want to be. The first reading we hear that, you know, Moses was dealing with his own business. Then an angel appeared to him. And then a sign, you know, fire is a sign of God's presence. 
on the mountain. You know, the Sinai is linked to the covenant and linked to Moses' mission. And Moses removed his shoes because he respected this sacred place. And as I was praying with this passage, you know, do we remove our shoes when we are in the presence of God? Don't get me wrong, I don't want everybody to leave your shoes outside. That would be a nightmare for us. But do we understand that? Do we understand that that is a sacred place? I remember when I was a, a chaplain for a, a summer, I worked in a hospital, Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. And one of the things that my, my, my supervisor said is, remember, every time that you enter each of those rooms, you are entering a sacred place. For me, every time that I entered those rooms, I was kind of knocking at the door, you know, forming our hands even before COVID, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, kind of cleaning my hands and I was knocking on the door. And I always put myself in that I have to take my shoes off because right now I'm entering in a sacred place. When we are in the presence of the Lord, do we remove our shoes? Do we understand that we are indeed in that sacred place, a place of encounter, a place that God is going to speak with us? Just like we heard in the first reading, that Yahweh talked to Moses. And God revealed himself as the God of the patriarchs. He brought past and present together. And he is still present to us. He is the God who directly intervenes in our lives. He is concrete. He is present. He promised us what we need, milk and honey. He promised us prosperity. God always promised to be present with us. He's present with us always. On the second reading today, Paul brings together the exodus and the Christian experience, the cloud, the sea, all this for sharing baptism. Baptism in Moses leads us to baptism in Christ. All the spiritual nourishment, the manna that the people of God ate, the, wa the water from the rock leads us to the Eucharist. And we always have to remember that Christ is a rock. And we know that the people of God were complaining with Moses. You were complaining because they were, you know, in the desert, 40 years. And then they kind of looked to their past and said, well, at least when we were in Egypt, we had food, we had onions. How many times do, you do, do we do this ourselves? When, you know, before, sometimes we think that before we have our experience with God, before we, we, we encounter God in our lives, things were easier. Things were much easier. 
And just like the, the Israelites, at least we had food, at least we had the onions. But just like the Israelites, sometimes we forget the main point of that. We were slaves. We were not free. How many times we live our lives like that? Before, at least I had fun, or whatever it is. But we don't, we don't realize this, that before we were slaves, and now we are free. In the gospel today, Luke deals with a problem common in the early Christian community, a sense of complacency. The view of the delay in the Lord's return. Just a chapter before in Luke 12, Jesus emphasized the need for alertness and repentance. Isn't that the time that we are living right now in the church? The time of to be alert and to repent. Jesus had an understanding of the direct the Jews had an understanding of the direct relationship between one's sins and subsequently disasters. And Jesus, Jesus changed that, bypassed that. That whole just retribution theory reminds that it is a lesson on the treasury for everyone. Before God, there is no exemptions of persons. The only lesson to be learned is one of alertness and repentance. And we finish the gospel today with the fig tree. And the fig tree is important because it points out God's patience to us in knowing that He is dealing with a human failure. And for us, it's a warning. If conversion does not take place, time may run out. So many times we say, you know, how would you, you know, how convert, you know, I, I don't want to really change my life right now. So many times we just, you know, postpone it. And I don't want to be, you know, tragic or anything like that, but do we know if there is going to be a tomorrow? So many times it's like, we you know, when I finish this class or when I finish my, you know, my undergrad and then it goes to the, you know, I finish my grad, when I finish my master, when I finish my doctor, you know, and we're just going to go on and on and on and on. The time of conversion is today. Today is the time that we have. So many people live in the past or in the future and you just don't live. Because the past is gone and if you don't know if it's going to get it. The time that we have to have a relationship with God is today. Have you prayed today? Have you taken that opportunity today to encounter the Lord that loves you? Are we just waiting for tomorrow? Are we just waiting for a later day? We only have today. We only have today to, that, to have that relationship with the Lord. And we know that the Lord wants us to be with Him. He's waiting for us. And especially in this time of conversion, 
And this time that we are called to look inside of ourselves, you know, and don't just live this land as another one. Because if we do this, like, well, you know, next year maybe. This is the time for us to change. This is the time for us to, you know, grow up and become what God creates us to be. On Ash Wednesday, we receive the ashes in our forehead and we heard, repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus is calling. It's that time of conversation. Jesus is calling for us to convert ourselves and turn our cell phones off. It's a time of change of life. But I think it is important for us to understand that we are called to repent, not to earn salvation. And we talked about this the last couple of weekends. We are called to repent because God already loves us. So many times, because of our relationship with our parents, with our relationship with other people, we want to change so we can earn God's love. No. We have to repent and we have to change because God really loves us. Do you see the difference between I have to do this otherwise God is not? God really loves you. If it was only you in the universe, he would have died for you. And the problem is like so many times we want to earn God's love, just like we are begging for people's love, their parents' love, or whatever it is. We are called for that conversion because God loves us first. And because he loves us first, we are called to have that life changed and transformed by him, by his power, by his strength, because we can't do by ourselves. And I think that makes the whole difference for us. So now when we go through this process of conversion, of repentance, it's not so God will love me. But we go through this process of conversion, of repentance, of change of life, and you know what is needed in your life to be changed. Because you are loved by God. And there is nothing that you can do to change that. Fred, uh, he's the Knights of Columbus State Deputy for Tennessee. And he says, I love you, and God loves you, and there is nothing that he can do about it. If we understand that, that nothing that we would do would change how much God loves us. And that can be weird. Because we always want to do more so God loves us. No. He already loves us. Now it's time for us to change our lives. Not to earn anything. Not to get God's love.
but exactly because God really loved us, we are called to go through this transformation. We are called to go through this conversion. We are called to truly live Lent. That is the time, this opportunity for us to change and be who God created us to be.